This episode is brought to you by Graffiti Beauty and Barber, serving up the dopest cuts and colors in Southeast Idaho. Anytime I need a haircut, lineup, hair dye, whatever you name it, I go to Graffiti Beauty and Barber. They take care of me and have been taking care of me for years. I recently dyed my hair and I am so in love with my hair. You guys need to check them out. The stylists there are great. The barbers are great. They offer all sorts of service and their customer service is top tier. So get a hold of them at 208-356-0044. That's 208-356-0044 or follow their social medias. And we're live. Welcome back to Mescaline Moguls. It's your boy, the one with the Scarface. face, your boy Scarface. And today we have Johnny coming back for another episode. What's up, Johnny? What's up? What's up? And then I also wanted to bring, uh, like I said, he's young. He's uh, looking to be an entrepreneur. So why not? What better episode to have him on besides this one? Uh, We have David. David Jr., right? Yeah. What's up, guys? (laughs) I'm glad you were able to make it. And then we also got the special guest. Uh, I I, I was going through his profile. He got requested to be on the podcast. He's actually really inspiring. He got me motivated because he's doing a lot of stuff out here. We got Dallin from Social Hustle. Yeah, thank you for having me. No, thank you for being here. Uh, Yeah, a a little while ago, I did a little post uh, saying who I wanted to bring on. And you were mentioned a few times. So I'm like, you know, let's bring him on. Let's see what he's about. Well, I mean, you can see what you're about, but... You know, just to get your story, because um, you have a, based on what I've heard, you have a pretty special story. So, I want people to get to know you, you know what I mean? Are you from Idaho Falls? Uh, so, I'm from Rigby. I Rig- grew up in Rigby, went to Rigby High School, mm-hmm. graduated in 2009, um, and then moved out of Rigby. I moved to California just shortly after I graduated high school, about like a year after I graduated, mm-hmm. um, and then spent most of my 20s, the last like seven years in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. in California. So, but yeah, that's where I'm from, Rigby, born Rig- in, 1J. One J, born raised. Oh, one J, one J driver. Yeah, hey, hey, now I know. <laughs> All right. So you said you're from Rigby. Uh, what kind of? Because I know you're doing a lot of things right now. How were you doing high school? Like, what kind of? What kind of kid were you? Yeah. So um, I grew up on like a small farm in Rigby. Mm-hmm. Um, we had horses and dogs and goats and everything like that. Cows. Um, played sports in high school. Um, played basketball and football. Um, I was like a. I was like a B student, mm-hmm. just like kind of sl- like I, I honestly <laughs> sliding B by. Student. The other day, my mom was talking to me about my little brother how he never does homework, and I'm like, I don't think my entire high school career that I ever actually did any homework. <laughs> but I was one of those kids that was still able to like talk my way and slide my way into Pull like a off. B. Parents are happy. You're gonna graduate, you know. Mm-hmm. So probably could have done better. Definitely could have done a lot worse mm-hmm. um, in high school. That's what high school is for, though. You just it is. It, I mean, not to make <laughs> education sound meaningless but at least high school it's like we got to get out of that real life starts pretty much after high school yeah, yeah i agree 100 percent um high school is fun though like yeah. you know yeah time. I, I feel because i had a conversation with somebody uh, i won't mention her name but in public school you learn like certain lessons that you're not going to learn like being homeschooled or being in a in a private school you know what I, yep. you go through breakups you go through racism you go through uh, maybe a fight, your, your first fight and things like that. And it almost like builds you up for like, uh, you know, whatever you're going to do afterwards. Especially if you're involved in sports, you know, you, you learn how to work with a team, mm-hmm. become coached. Yeah. You know. Anything in like in a group in high mm-hmm. school. Same with college. I feel like I've told people, I feel like the most beneficial part of college for a lot of people is the social aspect of college of like learning how to deal with people, the troubles that, that you deal with like living on your own mm-hmm. like figuring yourself out like that's probably helps you out in life more than that like you know degree that you got if you didn't take it very seriously obviously i'm not discrediting the benefit of college but i think a huge benefit is not necessarily the degree mm-hmm. just like learning how to interact with people 
you know, for a lot of people, it's the first time they've ever lived on their own. You know, they like realize right. they got to buy their own toilet paper, and you know, like yeah. you know, like life gets like gets serious. So, did you go to college? Um, so I went to ISU in Idaho Falls for one semester. Um, I wanted to get into marketing. I took a sports marketing class in high school, so I knew I wanted to get into marketing. And so I was going to school, and there was a job here in Idaho Falls um, at a digital marketing agency. So. So I got that job, finished my semester at Idaho State, and then started. Uh, I was a cold call, like cold calling salesman for this digital marketing agency. Mm-hmm. So I would I went for a semester just because I didn't know what else I, I was gonna do, you know. And I'm like, I'm not just gonna not like not do anything. But I really was like, there's no way. Like first day of college, I was like, there's no way. <laughs> I was <laughs> this, like, there's no way, you know. Did you want to do that in, while you were in high school? Were you like, I want to be involved in marketing? Yeah, so it was a sports marketing class that I took in high school. And sports marketing is more of the marketing, like the halftime shows. And like I wanted to do sports marketing for the Lakers, which okay. means you like work with Mercedes-Benz and uh, like set up the Mercedes-Benz halftime show, you mm-hmm. know, like at the, at the Staples Center. And so that's what I want to do in high school. So I'm like, man, like I love sports. Marketing seems cool. Like yeah. let's do that. Um, and then so I was kind of looking for marketing-related jobs. And then that's when I found the digital marketing job, mm-hmm. you know, which I started and it was like a brand new company. I had to make 200 cold calls a day or be on the phone for like 300 minutes or something like that. Ouch. Like you have these insane goals. Like it was a dialer. It was like, you know, I would click the button to hang up the call. It would just call the next person and it'd be like, hey, we build websites and do digital marketing. Are you interested? Like to business owners. So like I did, I did that for like a year. It was pretty terrible. But um, it helped me, like, learn digital marketing. You know, in order to sell it, I had to understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really, like, you know, I kind of got a little bit of an education through that job versus, like, you know, doing it in college. So a- after you left that job or when you are doing that job, were you planning on doing something on your own? Or was it, like, I'm out of here and then I got to figure out something else after this? Yeah, so, like, I always was, like, I'm going to work for myself. You know, mm-hmm. I knew there's no way, like, the regular jobs, like, that just doesn't fit my lifestyle. Um, I want to have, you know, like I want to be able to structure my entire day. Like mm. I've always been like, I don't want to have to be told what time I have to get up, what time I have to take a lunch break, you know, yeah. what time I can clock out for the day. Because I feel like I know how to like manage my day in the, in a way that makes me most efficient, mm. right? Like I really like going to the gym at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really hard to have an eight to five job and want to go to lunch or want, you know, want to go to the gym at two o'clock in the afternoon. They'll yeah. be like, what the hell are you doing? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like get, get back in the office. Um, and so there's like little things, you know, that like the time that I eat breakfast, the time that I wake up in the morning, the time that I go to sleep, like if you can optimize how you handle those hours, like if you're completely in charge of those hours Mm -hmm. and you have the right mindset, then you'll be able to like, you know, that's the best way to be able to accomplish whatever you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense. Cause I've talked to several people who like recently there's this guy who has several, like, I think it was like 20 or 30 businesses, multimillionaire. And he, I asked him a question. It wasn't on the podcast. I wish it was. But he said that you try to find people or like time is like the most crucial thing mm-hmm. because like you can be busy throughout the whole day like or like work a job. But like when do you have time for you? Like now he's built these business businesses up to the point where they run on their own and like yep. they have time. Th- that's the biggest thing with a lot of successful people. They're like uh, their time, you mm-hmm. know. So I-, I can see where you wanted that because that. I mean, essentially, that's what everybody wants. That's like, they want to meaning of success. Yeah. They they want to be able to do whatever they want, like when they want, but they also follow like their passion or something mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah. did you start your your business right away? So, I mean, I've like 
started businesses since yeah. I was like 15 years old. You know, I was definitely like the lemonade stand, card, oh, okay. card dealing. You know, yeah. I got suspended in like eighth grade for selling burned CDs like at <laughs> Midway Middle School. Like I, I went to, I got my mom take me to Staples. I got like the, the labeler mm-hmm. for the for the CDs, so I could put like a track list on the top of the oh, CD. Dang. I had like CD cases. I would get everybody's like request of what songs they wanted. Go home, hit mm-hmm. LimeWire, download everything, Fuck burn the CD. I would show up to school the next day with like ten CDs, selling everybody for like fifteen bucks. You know, Miss Bowman. Hate to call her out, but she she found me in the hallway uh. slanging CDs. I got suspended for two days because she at that time because she was like you know in the technology like knew what I was doing was illegal. Yeah. There's plenty of other teachers that knew about it, but it was just like so early on and like downloading music and selling stuff. Like none of the other teachers really knew like what I was doing was like, you know, and, illegal. <laughs> and then that's cool that you grew up during that period because I, likewise, like uh, I remember not selling CDs. So I can relate. That's why I wanted to bring you on because I can relate a lot with you. Uh, I remember back in, uh, what was it? Elementary. So we used to get these like magazine books. I forget the name. I think they were like highlights or something like that. Ooh, we used to get them and there was magic tricks in them. Like, mm-hmm. in some of them, I would rip them out and go to school and sell them because I wanted to get some of the candy. So, like, I would sell them <laughs> just so I can get candy. And then, like, that led into, like, I never bought a Pokemon card ever. I started with one card. I ended up with, like, 500, all trading, hustling. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I can relate to that. Like, if you want it, you can get out there and get it. Yeah. You know, like, you want, obviously, you probably wanted cash to yeah. to do something, you know. So. Yeah, something, buy some lunch at least. Yeah, and some <laughs> people are just out there like, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. So, yeah, like I always knew, like I've, I've just always been in the mentality. I never knew for sure what it was going to be. I can't, I'm not going to, you know, be sitting here and say, like, I had this whole plan, you know, everything really has kind of turned into the next chapter, like as things come along. But um, definitely it was, I've always just been like, uh, you know, hustling for whatever it took to make some money. And I always had like two or three different things going on, mm-hmm. you know, like I always had a full-time job, but I was definitely also like trying to like when I was working at that marketing agency like it wasn't very long working for that agency it was like oh shit like I could just do this myself mm-hmm. you know I could now that I know how to sell this the hardest part is selling it you know to the businesses yeah, in yeah. my opinion you know that after that I really get the marketing side of it really really well mm-hmm. and so I'm like the you know the hardest thing here is to find the clients and that's what my job is so it wasn't long until I started a business on the side um but I was very much like I, d- I didn't really know anything. I was very aware that I had no business experience. You know, I didn't go to college. You know, like my parents are, are business owners and have now become successful like later on in life. But when I was growing up, like they were definitely still grinding, still trying to figure it out, you know, doing mm-hmm. like lots of different things. So I never really got that. You know, I'm like, if I want to have, if I want to turn this company into something here, it's just $50 million company. You know, like I'm either, either going to have to give away a whole bunch of my company to people who know what they're doing mm-hmm. or go figure out, you know, how to do it. Yeah. Um, and so I was always doing something on the side, but it was never really like I'm trying to grow this right now. It was like I want some extra income. I want to figure this out, but I also want to figure out business in general. Um, so I was working for that company here in Idle Falls for a marketing agency, and my side hustle business had got big enough that it, I could support me, you mm-hmm. know, without the without the full time job. And I always wanted to live in California, like <laughs> all always, you know, growing up in Idaho, I'm like that's where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. And um, business I had, related or. Because it was in California, and like 
you know, the land of. So it would be like if I like my my answer. My mom always makes fun of me is like uh, she'd, she'd be like, what do you want to be like? What do you want to do when you grow up? You know, and I'm like, I just want to like be able to work from the beach. You know, uh, I just want to like chill on a beach <laughs> somewhere. And like I thought California is where you do that, you know. Yeah. And then I moved to San Francisco and there's like absolutely no like beautiful beach up there. <laughs> like, what the hell? I had no idea. I'd never been to San Francisco before I moved there. I had a friend who posted on Facebook and the sales job was taking him to California. And he's like, does anybody want to move with me? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, now's my shot. Like yeah. I'm making enough I'm on the side. So I quit that job in Idaho Falls, moved to California like four days later, and then started just doing things on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still was not like, I still hadn't got that like business experience yet. Um, and then this guy that I used to work, uh, we worked on a project together, a marketing project. Like I sold, you know, his account and I continued to work with a pretty big company in California. Mm-hmm. He found out like we were friends on Facebook and found out that I was living in California and actually near where their office was. Oh, nice. And so he's like, Hey, like, let's go out to dinner and comes out to dinner. He's like, we really appreciate everything that you guys did. Like when we worked before, he's like, what are you doing now? You know, would you like to come work for us? And I was like 21, 20 maybe even. Yeah. And I was like, man, I find like I live in California and I, you know, have a business on the side. Like I was not, I, I, as soon as I moved to California, I realized I was not making anywhere near enough money. You know, I'm like, I thought I was going to do it, but I was still like trying to figure it out. You yeah. know? And uh, I'm like, you know, I finally moved to California and I have like, I'm working for myself. Yeah. I'm like starving, but you know, like I'm working for myself. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so he offered me a job to come in-house and be the digital marketing manager for their software company, which mm-hmm. is a large company. They they have a software that helps company manage their products. And they have like, they do it for like Beats by Dre and GoPro and oh, DirecTV dang. and like huge, huge companies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I had an opportunity to come like at this job that I definitely did not. I mean, I earned it in the sense that he was impressed with, you know, with me and our, and our interactions. But mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't, I didn't even qualify to get an interview there, you know, like not enough college experience, not enough experience in the workforce. It was purely because I had like busted my ass on whatever project that me and this other guy worked on that he was like, I want this guy to come work for us. You know, he kind of went out and like sought me out to work for them. Mm -hmm. So, cause like truly I, you know, you're supposed to have a minimum of two years, you know, like college experience to even have an interview at this place. And I had to go through the steps. And so he kind of like cleared that first gate for me. Or, like, to apply to this company without knowing anybody, they mm-hmm. would have, like, I never even would have heard from, from them, you know? And that goes kind of with the whole cliche. We were talking about it earlier. Yeah. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. You know, that's a perfect example. Yeah, and he it's funny because... saw the tenacity that you yeah. had, and that's... That, that, that's what I kept mentioning to him the other day. We came and talked. I was like, two people could apply, but, like, obviously somebody else applied for that job. And, like, you hustled, did the work, did amazing work. He's like, I want this guy. Like, this guy's out here busting his ass. And who cares if he doesn't have the, the, the yeah. required experience? Like, There's you know. been since, like, since high school, like, outside of, like, my dad, you know, and people like that in your life, there's been two individuals, like, two, two guys, like, in the workforce that have truly, like, reached down and, like, saw that potential mm-hmm. in you, you know, and, and pulled you up. One was this individual. His name's Kent. He was like, hey, I was so impressed with what you did, you know, like, come, you know, apply here. You know, part of me is like, what the hell, you know, I can't even like, you know. <laughs> and the other part of me is like trying to negotiate with him because I'm like, you know, I'm like, hey, I live out here on my own. You know, I'm running my own business. You know, you're going to have to make me a good offer. You know, yeah. and on the on the inside, I'm like, whatever he offers me, I now have the chance to go like <laughs> get under the hood at one of these huge companies, yeah. you know, and like see actually how all the shit works, you know. Mm-hmm. But you can't reveal that up front. 
Yeah, you yeah, know. right. I'm like, you know, you're gonna have to pay me a lot of money, you know. And I'm like, shit, dude, you mean what? Anything you offer me right now? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm hungry, I'm you know. Hungry. And so like yeah, that was fair. it was a blessing. That was somebody that like you know he saw something in me. He knew like that I wasn't qualified. I'm sure he still to this day has no idea. Like my first year at that job was just like learning, learning and trying to make it seem to everyone around me like I knew what I was talking about. You know, immediately on day one, I was like. I am so outgunned right now. Yeah. You know, like I have these guys are operating at a completely different level. Did you ever feel like you were in over your head? Like I should probably um, leave, or you're like I'm gonna. I, felt, I did feel like I was in over my head, but not in the sense of like where I was like maybe I shouldn't be here. It mm. was like a what a sick opportunity. Like you got to figure this out. You know, like yeah. just keep figuring it out. Yeah. Um, Step up to the plate. Yeah, I mean, like you know, like I asked for it. You know, I went from working. So my first, you know, working in high school like construction. Yeah. Random jobs. Uh, when I graduated from high school, I sold home alarms for a summer. I did door-to-door sales. Okay. So that was probably the worst job I've ever had. Like, <laughs> So then from there, I started at the marketing agency and then went to California and started at this much larger software. And so up until this point, I had worked like construction jobs in Idaho, mm-hmm. worked for this marketing agency of 10 people here in Idaho Falls. And then I was thrown into like the third floor of this, you know, huge software company, like 150 people and you know, like everyone operate, everybody there, like people went to Stanford business degree, oh, dang. you know, so and I'm like, like <laughs> cruising around, like nobody has any idea what's going on right now. Yeah. You know, I'm like, nobody knows. I have no idea what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Did you so, have to show up in like a tie? Um, so I match the, I'm very against ties and I know you're like, you're rocking one right now, but like, <laughs> there's just been so many people with ties in my life that like, they just, they look down on me. Like I, I, I kind of got in a lot of trouble when I was younger and I was like a little bit of a problem child, man. But also I was still like, a good person. I never did anybody wrong. I was a hard worker, you know, and I feel like sometimes I was pegged wrong. I was judged, you know, just like I wasn't a member of the church growing up around here, which there's like sometimes that caused like some issues with like, yeah. you know, growing up in high school. And so like, like f- figures nor- that are normally like wearing a tie and like, w- like live around here, you know, like obviously I'm not pinning this no on you at colors. all, but, but it's <laughs> For just everybody like, listening up. I just got off work, so I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing a shirt and tie. And truth be told, for the longest time at that marketing agency, like I had really long hair when I worked there, mm-hmm. which is a whole other story why I had long hair. Like my dad one time told me, like, people with long hair. I told him I wanted to grow my hair out. He's like, people with long hair, like, it just makes, you know, it's hard, much harder to succeed in life. It's just better to, like, go with the flow, you know? And I'm like, no way, you know? So <laughs> immediately started growing my hair out. Um, so I would wear a shirt and tie because I was still trying to like prove myself there, you know, yeah. like I was like, these, I'm already, I was like the what, salesperson. I was like, you know, 18, 19 years old. Everybody else was like 40. Cause I was like the guy cold calling, getting everybody leads. You know, mm-hmm. I was like the grunt. And so at that job, like every day I was wearing like shirt and tie, you know, like Jordans that matched my shirt and tie. You know, <laughs> I had like a hat. I pull like my hair up into a hat and like wear a hat, like matched everything else. Um, but then I, you know, like I, now I'm, I'm just trying not to whenever I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did we get started talking about tie? Anyways, like, I mean, oh, it was like it triggered he, me. It triggered. Oh, I got no. triggered by the tie. <laughs> no, he, he, I was he, asking because you were you were you're pretty much blending into this really giant corporation, yeah. which is awesome. But you're saying there sometimes they have Stanford. like clothing. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And you are right. I mean, for the long long time when I first started working there, it's like again, it's like. I'd love to just be like, just to say I really just could stick it to the man at every moment in time. But there's certainly times where you just gotta like put your tail between your legs and like and conf- you know like confide to like whatever the rules are and go with the flow and like do your time and put in the work. So that was definitely one of those times where it was like packing my lunch at like six a.m., going to the office, spending like nine hours there. You know, like just grinding. And about six uh, six months into that, maybe a year into that, that's when I kind of started up on the side again. You know, because they actually had. 
made me sign a contract that I wasn't going to be doing anything on the side just uh. because they're like, hey, if we're going to give you the salary and you're going to have bonuses and things like that, we need to know that all of your attention is focused to this. And not just gonna, that, you're competing against them. Yeah, yeah, and the same thing. Yeah, it's just like not a – obviously not – wouldn't be good for, for anyone. So yeah. I, I made that agreement, and then about a year into it, I was like, you know, I know I'm not going to work here forever, so I kind of need to, like, be working on this thing on the side. And so it was for, like – I mean, still to this day, but for, like, three or four years, it was – Working at that marketing agency from 7 to 5 o'clock, getting off, coming home. My roommate was working on the side business as well, and he and I would just sit on the couch, work till like midnight, and it was just like seven days a week of trying to grow it on the side, trying to grow it on the side. And this company, thank goodness, like management kind of went awry, and I got to a pretty comfortable position at this company where I'm like just doing things on the side and running my own business and still maintaining this you know, this job. So I probably stayed at this job longer than I really needed to, mm-hmm. but I got to a point where I was really able to kind of maintain both at a certain level, you know, really perfect the things on the side at the digital marketing agency. And then, you know, eventually left the, left the software company and have now just been doing the and, agency and, full time. And before we go on from the software uh, company, what are, what are some, what would you say are some key things that you learned from that place that you took onto your like later on? So you, um, you, so you're first off like in that environment, you're dealing with people that are like operating at at at, one, at some of the highest levels, mm-hmm. right? They're extremely smart people, and it's um, you, like you'll lose arguments if you don't come prepared. Yeah, you know, you'll like it. Just kind of teaches you to always stay on your toes. You know, you like can't really relax. You know, because mm-hmm. like someone will catch you slipping. You know, if you if you have feel some type of way about how things should appear in the company email, like you better have reasons for it yeah. or everyone else will have their reasons why, you know, you shouldn't or mm-hmm. their own ideas. So it really teaches you to like, you know, be on top of your game, which is really what I was seeking. Like with that, when I wanted that business experience was like, if I want to do digital marketing, I don't know if Idaho is the most competitive place to do that. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know, like if you're LeBron James, like you don't just continue to play against the high school squad, you know, <laughs> right? And I'm yeah. obviously not trying to call myself LeBron yeah, James. Yeah. Hold on, let me slow down there. But, you know, like, you <laughs> know, any type of athlete, leagues. if you, you know, if you're trying to get better at something, yeah. you know, then, like, you would need to put yourself up against as, as good a competition as you can. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, by chance, I didn't intentionally, again, didn't intentionally do all of these things, but led me to doing digital marketing in the Silicon Valley, you know, like, our office was a few miles from Facebook and Google and, you know, like, the mecca of where, you know, you could do this. So very lucky to fall into that position, but... You know, I was kind of trying to head in that direction. Yeah. So you said you moved to San Francisco. Was that the job in San Francisco? Um, yeah, it was just like maybe 10 miles south of San Francisco in a city called San Mateo. So I, I know in your head you're expecting a whole different California. How oh, was yeah. it when you got there? <laughs> so I had visited Long Beach with like some family members when I was like oh, Long Beach 16 or something. And we go to Long Beach, you know, go to like to actual Long Beach Pier. And I just assume. That's California. <laughs> you know, no matter where you're at, Bakersfield, yeah. LA, whatever, like, you know, it's just all beachy like that. And uh, so I moved to San Francisco. Like, so I moved to the East Bay first, which is over on like the Oakland side. And so you're maybe 45 minutes from like actually the ocean. Yeah. So after the first few days getting there and get settled in, I'm like, I'm going to the beach, you know? And it's like board shorts and flip flops and a towel. And it's like March, you know? Yeah. Water there's like forty degrees. Like every, everybody's everybody's wearing a wetsuit. You know, like anybody on the beach is in is like literally they're like in jackets and beanies and stuff. You know, and I'm like, no way. You know, I'm like this is not. And that's when I realized I just kind of like started asking, I'm telling people the story and asking around. They're like, yeah, like San Francisco, it's nothing like you know Southern California. If you swim here, it's in like a wetsuit or like August. Mm-hmm. There's like one or two months a year there where you can really like go enjoy the beach and it's warm. Um, but I loved it, man. Like my, 
still all my best friends to this day are people that I met in the Bay Area and lived with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like was a great city to learn a lot. You yeah. know, I'm very open minded and very just like you know non judgmental and like to move from a place like Idaho to a place like the Bay Area and just to see people of like all that same kind. You know, that just like accept everyone for who they are and like you can be the weirdest like looking person in the bar and, and like they don't care. nobody cares dude everyone is just like trying to get to know you people don't have ulterior motives for yeah. you know what you know trying to dig into your life to see if it could benefit them some way yeah um i mean don't get me wrong there's like definitely like plenty of dirtbags in the bay area it's like <laughs> just, just like anywhere else you know but just you know the people there and the, and the food there and you know it was, it was amazing to be so young and be able to like just get thrown into that yes yeah, so I know you said you're running your little side business mm-hmm. when you're out there at the same time. Was it, since it's a bigger city, a lot more competition, mm-hmm. was it harder to get like jobs and like try to build that company up? Um, so most of our clients, like, and this is, has always been this way, are normally not like a local client. Mm-hmm. Normally you come across this person because of like a referral from somebody else or they saw something that you did online. So, even though I was there and it was a much more competitive place, like my, my first client when I lived in San Francisco and I started my side business was in Miami, you know, mm-hmm. and I just had got them through interacting with them like on Instagram and stuff like that. Okay. So we weren't really competing against the local people because we're not really selling locally. Okay. Does that makes sense. So you said you left that company. Mm-hmm. Did you stay there and try to build up a company or did you end up moving somewhere else? So I was I stayed in the Bay Area for a while um, and then I had another, like one of my best friends, his name's James. Mm-hmm. Um, he got an opportunity to work in Austin, Texas. Okay. And after I had left the job at that software company, I now was working for myself. I had my business partner, Chris. You mm-hmm. know, we had one or two other like independent contractors that were trying to help us build the company. But I'm like, I work for myself and I live in like one of the most expensive places like in the United States. Yeah. You know? As soon as you leave that like software pay, you're like, oh shit, you know, like this is the real world. Like I probably shouldn't be living here anymore. And I didn't really want to retire in San Francisco or raise a family there or anything. So I was kind of looking for a place to go. Mm-hmm. And when my friend James got offered that job in Austin, he's like, dude, you know, we were like spending all the, like every day together at that point, you know, like adventuring around California. And, and uh, he's like, dude, I don't want to go to Austin like without you. He's like, come with me, you know? <laughs> And so I went down by myself from like a Thursday to Sunday on Austin to just like check it out, like yeah. just see the city, you know. And James knew some people there. So I like kind of met up with his boys and they just like showed me out in Austin. And I'm like, had like an amazing time, you know, which obviously you can have a good night in a lot of cities. But I was like, man, this place is sick. And yeah. called James like the morning after I got there. And I'm like, all right, dude, let's do it. Like, let's move here. And I've so, only heard good, thing, good things about Austin. Man, it's so amazing. It, it, it's weird when I go. I recently went, like, a few months ago to, to Dallas. To Dallas. Mm-hmm. And it's just weird, the the vibe you get. Like, you... It, it could be any big city. Like, I, I'm like, man, like, I need, I need to try to make it, like, you know, like, to, to make it in one of these big... You, mm-hmm. Like, big cities, you know what I mean? Have Did you ever run into the issue, like, say you went to San Francisco or say you went to Dallas... And you're like, I don't. It was more intimidating than anything, or were you like, I'm, I, I can make it happen here. I don't know. Like I always kind of thought, I'm like I can make it happen yeah. here. You know, like I don't know. Sometimes you feel like because I feel like because I was different. Like I looked at the city a lot different than I think people who are from the city. Mm-hmm. You know, I see these these people that are kind of like they follow the same path. So it's like the same story with big cities as it is with little cities. Yeah, I'm just realizing this. Like everyone kind of goes along these same predetermined paths because that's just how it normally happens there. Yeah. You know, here it's different in the Bay Area. It's, you know, as soon as you graduate, you're immediately, you're trying to go to one of these specific colleges. You're trying to 
network at specific big tech companies so that you can get in. You know, you get in at like the lowest level on a sales team, then you become an AE, then maybe you become a sales manager, you know, like this these predetermined paths, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing happens here. But I think going into a place where you don't already know that and you're kind of you look at things from like a different angle. I saw these people that were maybe making it harder on themselves than they needed to be, you know, by going through, like jumping through all these loops that they supposedly needed to jump through in order to like accomplish what they needed to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So part of it was probably just like, like ignorance going in there thinking I I could just handle it, you know, like, you know, there's a little bit of like blind faith there. Um, But also I do think that like, like everybody's human, like even though it's a big city and even though they went to Yale, you know, like, they're humans. They're just regular humans, you know? And, like, just because right. they had opportunity at a better school does not mean they're, like, actually smarter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, same way in, like, sports. You know, like, first I went to a jazz game when I was, like, 16 years old or something. And I'd always looked at NBA players as, like, like not even real almost. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Almost not even real. And then you go there and you're, like, oh, shit. Like, John Stockton's, like, smaller than my dad. <laughs> you know? And at 16, I'm, like, man, maybe I had a shot at the NBA. You know? Like, yeah, maybe yeah. these guys, like, they're actually, like they're human, you know? And so I think if you go into these situations thinking, oh my gosh, these people, like they grew up in San Francisco. So for, for some reason they must be special. special. Like, no, it's not the case. Like she had a little bit of a different environment. Mm-hmm. You know, if anything, I look at it as like most of the people there have maybe, and maybe everyone looks at life this way, but like you think everyone else kind of had it easier than you, mm-hmm. you know? And so like you go there and I'm like, man, these people have no idea. You yeah. know, like these people have lived here in the Bay Area with all this money all the time. Like, they don't know what it's like to, like, actually hustle and be working 18 hours a day and knocking on doors and cold calling people and, like, you know? Yeah. And maybe they do. Again, like, I do think. Do you think it helped <laughs> that you were from Rigby, Idaho, which is pretty small town in Rigby or in Idaho, you know, going to the Bay Area where you're involved with a bunch of important people, a bunch of smart people. Like you're saying, you, I mean, there's a lot of competition out there. Where you're from, there's not. Yeah, I mean, so, it, it certainly benefited me in the sense of, like, definitely you get better faster. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely was not talking in a lot of the meetings when I first got there, you know, <laughs> just trying to, like, learn still. And you don't want to, like, you know, there's definitely a, a part of it where you, like, if you don't have it, you need to make sure that you don't reveal that too soon, mm-hmm. you know? When you're trying to play in, like, one of, you know, trying to play in an area that's above where you're at right now, sometimes you can shoot, in your, shoot yourself in the foot by being too confident. Yeah. And coming in there like you know everything when in reality you know that you just don't, you don't. Sometimes it's perfectly fine to just like shut up and listen and, you know, like take notes. So I would say for the first major part of the time that I was there, it was a lot of just like, you know, yeah, like a little nervousness and a mm-hmm. little like, you know, I need to make sure I understand my competition here and everything that's going yeah. on and the way these people speak to each other and, you know, because it was a totally different world. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think being from a small, I would rather be from a small city than a big city, I think, just because. Yeah, likewise. So just so people can get a, a timeline, how old were you when you moved to California and then moved to, to Yeah, Dallas? so I was like 21 when I moved to California, and I moved to Austin when I was um, 28. Okay. So seven years. Okay. And I, am, I turned 30 on Sunday. 30 on Sunday? Yeah, oh. so I've been in Austin for two oh, years. nice. Yeah. yeah. That's why you're leaving this weekend, huh? You're going to go uh, on Yeah, we're going, we're going. Some of these guys I've been talking about, James, yeah. um, he and I have the same birthday. And we're like best friends. Oh, wow. And so he's flying up here, and um, I have a few other friends that are coming out. We all try and snowboard together every now and then. Mm. And so we're going to go Thursday through Sunday up in Jackson Hole and like just shred all the different mountains that are up there. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's dope. Well, so happy excited. early birthday. Like, Thank I you. I know you're going to be 30. 30, 30. I've been telling I'm just going back to 21, though. I'm just going to run back right through the 20s. No, <laughs> Age is a mindset. Yeah. It really is because I'm actually 32 now, but... 
the way I was back in my 20, like early 20s, I'd rather take who I am now just because I've learned so much. And yeah, like, I feel that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'd r- most definitely rather be 32 than I was 22. Yeah. So Dallas, you're in Dallas now. Uh, in Austin. No, in Austin. Mm-hmm. In Austin. You're, you're building a company. Is it the same company or is it a yeah, different so company? Yeah, so... When I first got that uh, cold calling job at that marketing agency, mm-hmm. it was the company's called was called Strive Marketing, mm-hmm. and I got it with Tanner Wade, who lives here in town. Oh, okay, so, it was a long time ago. And when I moved to California and took that other job, I turned the company over to him. I was like, "Hey, I gotta go take this full time job. The company is yours. You can take it from here." Um, and then once I had got comfortable with that company and, and and started another side hustle, that's when Social Hustle started. Okay, and so that was about six years ago. Started doing it. I was doing it for about a year and then asked my business partner, Chris, if he wanted to come in, you know, and join because it kind of got to the point where I was like, this is way more than a one person thing. Yeah. So we both did it on the side for a while. Um, and then about two years ago is when I went full time social hustle. Oh, dang. So, yeah. yeah and so for ago. like, but probably the full two years before that, it's kind of a weird situation. That software company went through an acquisition and like everything changed and they, Fired a whole bunch of people. I was like the one person left in the marketing department of this like 20-person marketing department. And so I became like the only person that really knew how everything had been set up. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of stumbled upon this like pretty plush job. It turned into this like I had lots of spare time in my day, I guess is what I mean. Yeah. So like I say that I was working like both companies, but in reality like I was working like 18 hours a day like just on Social Hustle. And part of the day I was at this office, this <laughs> software company, and you know the rest of the day I was just doing it at home from my home office. Yeah. You know, So I was really lucky in that aspect because I, I mean I, I earned it, but also I didn't have to make the transition to self-employment mm-hmm. until you know, I, I was able to pay my way. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people – save up as much money as they can, quit their job, go to self-employment, live off their savings account for yeah. a year trying to build it. And luckily I had built Social Hustle up enough that I had enough income from there that I was able to. I mean, I took a big cut in pay, yeah. but I was still able to pay myself, okay. which I'm, you know, I'm blessed to be able to do that because a lot of people, you know. And were you still in Texas? Yeah, I was in Texas. Well, so I was in California when I quit, mm-hmm. when I went full-time Social Hustle. And then, you know, in Texas, like, you know, pretty much the whole time there has been slowly growing social hustle we got an office in austin you know we have an office here in idaho falls now mm-hmm. um, we have like eight or nine full-time employees and a few other independent contractors okay um so the past two years have been like a, just a ton of growth for us oh nice yeah yeah so and like uh so do you live here or do you live in texas um i spend like six months in austin and six months here okay. when i'm here i'm literally just staying in my parents guest room I have a place in Austin that six months of the year just sits just empty. empty and my car just sits in the driveway and I'm still trying to figure out what to do with that. I think I think honestly I'm going to turn it into an Airbnb because there's people that are making good money like in Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. I, because of the social hustle here and prepped the tier, like um, I spend like at least half the year here now. So, yeah, that's what I was going to bring up because uh, I know you're doing all this uh, social hustle. You know, First, where did the name social hustle come from? I don't know if it has like a special name to yeah, that. Yeah, so nobody ever asked that. I appreciate you asking. Yeah, oh, no so, problem. The name came from my, I wanted to be able to make money off of like my, of the social environment, mm-hmm. off like friends. I like, I don't know how to explain it. I'm not trying to make money off friends. Make money with friends. Find something that you love to do in your social life, you mm-hmm. know, that's part of like your actual lifestyle that you could then make money off of. Mm-hmm. So Social Hustle originally started a long time ago. This brand, Social Hustle, started my business partner at Strive, mm-hmm. that original marketing company, Tanner. Yeah. He's a he's a rapper here in town, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so 
I was, this was like 10 years ago. I started Social Hustle as this brand that helped promote the hip hop shows around in Idle Falls. Mm-hmm. So like hip hop, like Social Hustle would be there. There was like some t-shirts that were for sale. They were like of the rappers. Like we had a Facebook page that just posted like interesting stuff. Like I was doing social media marketing like really kind of before it became a thing. Like mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to turn this brand into it. Yeah. And then it kind of just went away, you know, like the digital marketing scene. It wasn't really to make money on the side. It was just like to have fun and like, to, you know, trying to create this brand. And so it kind of went away. But then when I started back up and I wanted to create this side hustle, like the name Social Hustle was perfect for the, uh, this marketing agency yeah. that I wanted to run. Like I thought it was perfect and I thought it was like it worked pretty well. So I kind of revived that name, Social Hustle. Mm-hmm. And you were asking me before we came here about the clothing, which it's I was talking with Christian Scott Works for me. It's just a weird story. Is Social Hustle started. We made these T-shirts to sell at hip-hop shows to yeah. promote the hip-hop shows and like to help pay the hip-hop artists. And now, for like whatever reason, we have come full circle and we're like designing these clothes that we're trying to sell on Sunday, which is nothing. It's like not what we do anymore at all. Yeah. So it started by throwing our logo on some T-shirts and we're now like, putting logo on our t-shirts again but as a digital marketing agency mm-hmm. so it's like weird how it all ended up like and that. you said you're gonna throw it on some supreme tea mm-hmm. some nike some nike gear and you said it's gonna be released this weekend on sunday yeah so on- that's when my 30th birthday is and so we're releasing mm-hmm. on sunday and really the purpose behind the clothes we i want social hustle to be like a, a brand that people want to be associated with mm-hmm. it stands for like you know hard work and you know motivational stuff you could go to the social hustle instagram page and we're trying to turn it into this it is not this yet like we have basically just been posting as like a marketing agency up until this point but as of this year we're trying to change a little bit into more of a lifestyle brand a brand that like puts up cool videos and photos you know that like lives a like an an interesting lifestyle and is motivational and provides information to people that are who who are younger to like try and learn from mistakes that we have made Mm -hmm. and so we're trying to turn it more into like a lifestyle brand like it'll still be a digital marketing agency that's where like we'll make all of our money but we're trying to create this brand that people like want to be a part of, like a community that people want to be a part of. So the first step is those T-shirts. We're also working up like some energy drinks, like they okay. look pretty sick. And everything will be like just one run, you know. Yeah. Like we'll do these clothes once, and then maybe energy drink once, like sell to people, just because like we're all. I'm sure we all drink caffeine, you know. Oh, yeah. Like I, I just met all you guys, but like I've had like three energy drinks today, you know. Oh yeah. So it just kind of overlaps with the group. So we'll do things like that. Just hopefully people like. You know, feel the brand, vibe with like the people that are involved with it. You know, want to support it by buying clothing and buying energy mm-hmm. drinks and things like that. Or whatever just so people it is. that are listening, where can they go and look for this though? So, um, Social Hustle's Instagram is at my Social Hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, so Instagram, Facebook is Social Hustle. Um, our website is mysocialhustle.com. This Saturday, we are launching a brand new website. Like I'm literally going from here back over to the office to like continue to work on our website that because we have world. to. We got to finish all of our clothes. Because on Saturday, we're trying to have a photo shoot with all of these clothes so that we can get them onto the website. And also, we're creating a video of this entire process. So Saturday, we're hoping to finish the video of this entire process, edit everything, take all of the photos for everything, get everything up on the website on Saturday night. So then Sunday at 11 a.m. when we launch, everything works. For those that don't know a whole lot about media, that is a lot of work. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like, much to do. Uh, for someone who doesn't take pictures or videos and doesn't realize what goes into the editing process and like all the post work, that's a lot of work to yeah. get done in just not even 24 hours. Yeah, we have like our, our clothes still aren't aren't finished. We still have like, a, <laughs> like embroidery to do. We still have uh, heat pressing to do. We still have to like make our zipper poles and get them on everything mm-hmm. and then take photos of all of it. 
we want to release a vlog at the same time. I'm saying this, maybe this vlog never makes the light of day because I don't know if we're actually going to finish it in time. But we're hoping to do the process of like basically starting today. We started filming, so we got like five days left, and we're like, you know, of like the shirts that we're making and like the time crunch that we're under. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like I said, we're going to Jackson to snowboard, and so we're bringing all the clothes up to the cabin in Jackson this weekend to do like a themed little like lifestyle shoot like at the cabin of the clothes because they're all kind of like wintry clothes yeah, yeah so hopefully we can do all that saturday finish up the filming for that video saturday and mm-hmm. then christian who's the head of creative design at social hustle he'll probably be working until like 6 a.m oh, yeah. creating yeah. the video uploading all the photos editing all the photos so I'll, i want to take it back just a little bit at what point in time did you feel like holy shit I got a full like a company like, that's actually working. Because <laughs> everyone that creates, still happens. Everyone creates companies every day, all the time, and they never, you know, it's it's a really high percentage rate that do not work out, you yeah. know. And then when you get one that started starts off as an idea, and then it grows into something, like kind of how like I mentioned like the podcast, it, mm-hmm. or I, I mentioned it to him. It started off as an idea, but then all of a sudden it blows up, and you're like, what the hell is going mm-hmm. on? W- when did you realize this moment? I would say it was probably the first time, it was our first employee that we had that was not like a friend or a family member or somebody mm-hmm. that we knew, you know, like they applied for a job on Indeed. We're like setting up the workstation for them, you know, and they come in and like they've just found you just like any other job, you know, like yeah. they come into the office and you're sitting there thinking like they think this is all legit, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> they think we know what we're doing, you know, yeah. like you're just trying to like kind of go through like what you think, you know, like my business partner, Chris and I joke all the time, you know, you're like, we'll refer to like people who know what they're doing, you know, I'm like, yeah. I don't know what people who know what they're doing, like what would they do in this situation, you know, because <laughs> like we're still trying to figure it out. And so the, the definitely the moment of having like this, you know, human that has bills and a family and mm-hmm. like, you know, Christmas is coming up and like, you know, that responsibility of like, okay, like, this is actually, this is important now. When you're just a side hustle for yourself, it's very easy to not feel that way because it's like, I could not work, I could work, like, it only affects yeah, it's just me, you. you know? Like, and then you get a business partner and you're like, yeah, like, it affects my business partner too, but we're both not really, like, you know, committed to this or whatever the excuse may be. But as soon as you get somebody that's, you know, even if it is a friend or family and they start working for you and it's, like, their full-time job and you're like, oh, shit, like, I've got to be making the right decisions or, like, not only am I going to be out, like I'm fine with if I make the wrong decision, it affects me and, and I lose money and I have to pay for that. Or like I've got to figure out a way to pay the bills. Like I'll be all right. Like yeah. I'll figure that out. But putting somebody else in that situation who maybe doesn't have like the same abilities or opportunities or capabilities to just like go figure out a way to make money, mm-hmm. you know, because I, you know, it, you know, knock on wood, but I feel like truly feel like no matter what the situation, I'd figure it out. You know, and I'm sure a lot of people have thought that and like lost their house and, you know, ended up homeless. But I truly believe, you know, that I would be able to figure it out. And I also truly believe there's people that don't have that skill, you know, and like you shouldn't abuse your power. You know, if you're able to help people, like you got to take it seriously. And if you're going to give somebody a job, you got to take it seriously. That person may be planning on you for their career Mm -hmm. or their, you know, they may have maybe they, you know, dismiss this other job to take your job. Yeah, and then three months into it, like you shit shit at the drain and like you know ruin your whole company, and they lose a job, and now you know they get kicked out of their place. Yeah, so there's serious repercussions. I think that when you feel that responsibility is when you're like, okay, like I feel like we're making it a little, you know, like yeah. we're actually doing something here. So when did you? What did you do for like capital? Did you ever like you're saying you have a business partner? Did that business partner provide capital, ideas, or did you kind of just fund it? 
why you were working for this under, under yeah so like we've technically so my business partner's name's chris um we technically have we've never invested any money into social hustle and we've talked about how lucky we are to mm-hmm. be able to do that but digital marketing by nature is pretty much is pretty low overhead you know we did it out of like home offices for a long time you know like i was working off the laptop that my job my software company gave me to <laughs> you know cause, like that was the only computer i had so like if you have a computer you have internet you have a phone you know, you can pretty much start a digital marketing agency. From there, like my job's always been sales. And from there, I was always like promising the world. If any of my clients listen to this, this is not how I am now. <laughs> but back then it was like, I am promising the world to these people. I will still, I'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. You know, I was certainly not trying to like create partnerships or, you know, sell services to, to, to a company that they'd pay for that I would never give them. Mm-hmm. But definitely there was a lot where I was like, they'd ask can you do that? And it'd be like, you know, like, shit, we've never done that before and I have no idea how to do it, but I'll figure it out if you are trying to pay somebody to do that, yeah. you know, like, hell yeah, like, we'll figure it out. And so luckily we have been able to to build social hustle based off of the clients that we get. It's like every time we get a new client, new marketing client, you know, they're on average, they pay like a thousand or $1,500 a month. You get a new client, now you can maybe invest in like some more tools over here or another person over here or buy that camera that we've been saving up to like make our photography department better. Mm-hmm. So we've been... Because we had jobs, you know, so maybe it'd be different if you just fully committed and you like didn't have that other income coming in. But because we had jobs, we were able to pay our own bills, build social hustle, keep investing into itself until we built it to where it could afford to pay our salaries mm-hmm. and then bounced and pay ourselves and now continue to build by hiring more people. We had a new employee that started yesterday. Oh, wow. At Social Hustle? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. nice. So when did, uh, when did Prepped come into play? Prep started like six months ago, seven months ago. Okay, so mm-hmm. l- let's take it back before we get into prep. Um, so obviously, uh, we're in 2021 now, but like last year, I-, I remember myself in December, I was going off on like the places I'm going to visit, the goals that I want to accomplish, and you know, so on and so forth, just like any other entrepreneur. But then like we get around February and April, and it's just Shit, down, it's down the drain. How-, how did social hustle get affected by that? Um. So social hustle, let's see. So we still grew. We mm-hmm. did not reach the goals that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, our clients are of a very like wide array of industries. Um, we have, I'll give you an example. We have some clients that are personal makeup artists. So they do like professional or uh, excuse me, permanent ink and like brows and lips okay. and things like that. And a lot of the states, they got completely shut down. Like they couldn't even go, you know, like salons were completely closed. They couldn't even go to business. Yeah. So all of those clients paused their services with us, right? They're like, hey, like we love you guys. You're doing great, but like I can't even open my doors. And so I'm not going to pay for marketing. Yeah. But that's a very small percentage of our clients. Like a lot of our clients are e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Online shopping took like a huge spike. People got stimulus checks. People were just sitting at home. Mm-hmm. Like online shopping, even though... You know, if you hear like kind of last year was like Rocky and, you know, da, da, da. But like in reality, like people spent more online last year than like they ever, ever, ever have before mm-hmm. by a long shot. And so that for most of our clients, which benefit from e-commerce, online shopping or their, um, you know, just want a- attention from social media platforms and followers and engagement, things like that. They the usage of all those places just like skyrocketed. Yeah. So we were lucky in that aspect. Um, you know, we really had the mentality that like. We're, we're so we have the benefit with social hustle to see all how all these different businesses operate right mm-hmm. like in a given year we'll probably talk to 150 200 business owners and there's definitely common themes that like successful business owners are doing and not successful business owners are doing and all of our clients that have 
you know, weren't super successful, kind of had rocky roads, weren't really growing a lot. When all of this shit hit the fan, they're like, we're cutting everything. We're stopping. We're going to pause. We're just going to sit back and like wait and see what happens. Yeah. And then the other half of our clients that are aggressive business owners that are big, biz, that are, you know, on average larger than all these other businesses as well, they were like, all systems go. Where else can we invest our marketing dollars? Yeah. You're like, how can we get clever here? Like, well, you know, what do we got to do? What kind of content do we need to put out to like stay ahead of this, you know? And so yeah. that seriously it could all be boiled down to just that one mentality of this one group of business owners where like, doesn't matter what what's happening with covid doesn't matter what's going on in the world like mm-hmm. we're gonna figure out a way you know like yeah. we're gonna, gonna take risks we're gonna take adapt. risks we're gonna stay agile we're gonna fail if we fail you know we're gonna fail fast and we're gonna try something else that's one of the strongest skills you could have in this day and age is agility like yeah, like yeah and being changing, able to adapt being able to adapt 100 percent. so we did the COVID. same thing like that's you know my point there is like we saw half of these people doing it one way and we saw their sales declining we saw the other half of the businesses saying like, fuck it, like we're sending it, you know, like whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And those are the people that were doing well. And so we started doing things, you know, like we released a, we recorded this big video of like how you should be marketing your business during COVID. And it's like, we've never done a video like that before, but we were like, what can we be creating? What can we be doing to get something out that's a little bit different? Yeah. And so we did little things like that. And I think we, we slowed the bleeding, you know, like uh, we were never in danger or anything, but we lost four or five of those service-based industry clients they're mm-hmm. like hey we love you guys but like our my doors are locked you know i can't pay my rent this month so i mm-hmm. certainly can't pay for my marketing yeah um, but other than that other people saw growths um you know we attained some new clients and you know can't complain would you say because you said you were seeing where the market was going and things like that did that have something to do with hey like i see that idaho doesn't or idaho falls doesn't have some sort of um you know, the pre-made, the prep meals, you mm-hmm. know, is that why you decided to go into the prep or what, so, what's the story behind that? Yeah. So social hustle at, at, at some point in time, like I kind of saw what social hustle was turning into, which is this marketing engine. Like mm-hmm. we have the ability to build websites. We have the ability to do social media marketing, graphic design, videography, photography. And we're really good at all of this stuff. Like my business partner, Chris, he is really good at managing Google ads accounts and SEO and He's like the best. Yeah. Like I don't I don't mean mean that like unliterally like he's for figuratively he like literally is I've never met anyone better at being able to understand the data inside of Google and understanding how people buy mm-hmm. and I mean, I we I could tell you all the success Chris has had of just. He's the one on your YouTube, right? Um. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Okay, he yeah, does all the, the, the Google like, Ads yeah, he, Academy. Yep. But yeah, he knows what he's talking about. He's young. He's younger than I am. He's twenty seven, but he's just like. He's he's really honestly like he's a CEO. Mm-hmm. He's like overqualified to be a Google Ads manager. That's why he's like so amazing at Google Ads management, you know? Yeah. Um, and so he's amazing at it. Like our content department, the websites that we've been building like the last six months to a year are just like, I'm very proud of them. And before I was always like, hey, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. And like the last year we've been doing things and I'm like, okay, like we're, we're doing legit shit now. Yeah. You know, like we're, we work with big, like Ball Ventures here in town. Is mm-hmm. it like with Snake River Landing? Like we do... We're building the new Ball Ventures website. We do all of their digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, Super T Trucking, huge company here in yeah. town. Like you start working with these names, and I'm like, damn, like these guys are legit. It's that feeling again where you're like, do these guys have any idea? We're still trying <laughs> to figure this out, you know? Like, yeah. but we finally reached a point over the last year where I'm like, okay, like we've got it down. We have these processes down, mm-hmm. and so that is then when we reached a turning point with Social Hustle. Chris and I have always thought, soon as we get this marketing engine created. Mm-hmm that builds businesses, then we can go start businesses of our own and just plug them into social hustle. Mm. I find some good business idea, I have this good idea. I know that I've got 
a company that can build the website, they can do the social media marketing, the branding, the content creation, the logo creation, the email marketing, you know, like I have this system that if I've got a business idea or a business model that could potentially work, I've got like the best opportunity that it has with to plug it into social hustle. Yeah. So living in Austin, there's a place in Austin called Snap Kitchen and it's exactly like what prepped here is in town. Mm -hmm. And every time I'd come back here to work with Chris, I'm like, man, like the food options are kind of tough here, you know, like there's not a, not very healthy options. There's certainly nothing quick and easy. You know, if you want good, healthy food, not a falls, you got to cook it or you got to wait for a while and pay good money, you yeah. know, to have it sat down in front of you. Um, and so that's when we were like, man, like maybe there's a need here. Mm -hmm. Like we know that we could create this image, you know, like Chris and I have been like saving up money on the side. Like I don't, we like, we literally spent our life savings on prep, you yeah. know, like everything that I put together that wasn't in like the little bit of Bitcoin that I believed in, you yeah. know, and like a little bit of stuff here and there. It was like, we put everything into prepped, um, without social hustle prepped would, would, you know, without a lot of things I could yeah. say, you know, like without Chris or without Brie, our, she's a partner who's our chef and our nutritionist and Chris's wife stepped in and helped a lot without a lot of things that prepped wouldn't have happened, mm -hmm. but certainly like social hustle has, I mean, like people walk into prepped and they ask if it's like a franchise because yeah. of like our branding and oh, like our packaging. Yeah. But everybody's like, this is a franchise, right? And I'm like, no, this is one of one, you know, like this yeah. is our baby. So social hustle is this engine that we want to start doing businesses like prepped, like prepped. Our, our goal for prepped is five years from now, we sell it for, however many millions of dollars, yeah. you know, we've got this recurring customer base. We've got in-store sales. I don't want to be in the food business forever. I'm trying to build this business with social hustle and our team to a point where somebody comes in and they're like, thank you. You know, here's $5 million and yeah. go on your way and well, then run, run other businesses. What if you had the opportunity to franchise it? Would so, you go down that route? So I don't think so, just because of what I know. So if, if I was an investor, mm -hmm. I'd be like, yo, Dallin and Chris, if we're trying to franchise and we're trying to make prep like the biggest thing out, I need your guys' attention. Yeah. You know? And I would be like, I can't. Like, this is not, like, Social Hustle is, is my baby. Yeah. Prepped is just this other thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think franchising it would caught, would demand too much attention and too much work to something that I'm not really, like, I would rather, and these are just, like, made-up numbers, I would rather someone come to me and say, hey, I'll give you $3 million dollars. They take over prepped, they franchise it, and then later on it's worth seven million or ten yeah. million or whatever it is. And I, in just three to five years, built this solid foundation, you know, have my investment into it, and in three to five years get paid. Like I do think it could be like a couple million dollars for mm -hmm. the, you know, the three business owners that owe it, mm -hmm. that own it, you know, like a recurring with businesses and the way that they're evaluated, if you have a recurring business model and you have that guarantee of revenue coming in and you have this like proven revenue of these past few months of people paying you it makes the value of your company exponentially higher yeah then if you were to be a company like uh great harvest bread where like your sales literally that day are dependent on people literally walking in that day and buying from you yeah right? i don't think miss pals has like a re recurring script subscription type of business model yeah that's what's going to touch on that you guys offer somebody can go in and buy a meal or they can sign up for some sort of mm -hmm. subscription uh, for those listening as well, what is prepped? Like what so, prepped is it's a healthy, quick, affordable option for right now lunch or dinner. We're trying to come out with some breakfast dishes, so we have a location right across from Chick Fil A on Hit Road. Mm -hmm. So anybody can walk in. You don't have to be a member. Um, you can just walk in. We have a fridge full of meals. Um, there's normally about five different recipes inside of the fridge. They're all in a plastic container, like a meal prep, like Tupperware style container. Yeah. You pop the lid, throw them in the microwave for 90 seconds. Um, we cook all of the meals in our fridge, uh, in our, or excuse me, in our kitchen in Idaho Falls. So it's all like fresh, never frozen. All the 
the groceries are delivered, we cook everything up, and it goes out into the fridge the next morning. Mm-hmm. So you have that as a way, like the, the reason that I've advocated that we like came up with the idea of prep basically is I'm extremely busy living in Austin. I'd run to this place, Snap Kitchen. I'd grab four or five of these pre-cooked meals that I just got to heat up that are delicious, yeah. not like you know frozen Albertsons meals or whatever. Yeah. And so you grab them. I go put them in my office at home or in my fridge at home, mm-hmm. and then I'm working at the office, and I want to have a lunch. I just crack it open, you know, microwave it up, eat it like literally while I'm still sitting down eating, you know, like mm-hmm. working. Um, and so you can walk in, grab four or five of them, whatever you want. They're $11 in store. You grab them. They're all like 500 to 600 calories. They're all delicious. They're made for like people in Idaho. You know, like this, this probably wouldn't be considered, honestly, wouldn't be considered extremely healthy food in like California, mm-hmm. you know, but we made our, and this is mostly on my, my business partner, Chris, who's also in prepped with me and our business partner, Bree, they are the food side of things. Mm-hmm. And so they have developed all the recipes for like your average person in Idaho would really like the meals. Yeah. Like we have a cheesesteak and potatoes dish, mm-hmm. you know, we have like some stuff that normally you wouldn't find. Like if you're in San Diego and you go to like a health food store, like you're not finding cheesesteak and potatoes in yeah. there, you know? But this is all like, it's, you know, natural produce. It's not like nothing's been frozen, nothing's been processed. So the meals are all delicious. They're they're great for anybody. They're healthy, a lot healthier than what most people are eating for lunch. But the way we, our, our main business model, we're really trying to make our money is through the subscription or the membership as we call it. Mm-hmm. So to become a member of Prepped, all you have to do is sign up for a weekly subscription of meals. Right, so we start all the way down at four meals. Through the subscription, our meals start at ten dollars. Mm-hmm. So if you were to just walk in the store and not be a member, they're eleven dollars out of the fridge, which okay. is fine. Like we make the most money on that person technically. Yeah. Um, as soon as you become a member, they start at ten bucks a meal. As soon as you get to like eight meals a week or ten meals a week, they drop down to like nine dollars a meal, eight fifty a meal. You know, there's like tiered pricing. Yeah, and then. You can go on each week. You choose the meals that you get next week on our website. You go log in, say, you know, these are the dishes that I want or I don't want. Um, you can choose delivery. So we'll just take it to your house. We have a sick package, that, in my opinion, <laughs> sick package. And it's got an ice pack and an insulated liner. Mm-hmm. So your meals are sitting there cool on your doorstep. They're good for like eight hours or weeks this time of year. You yeah. know, like <laughs> just sit there for a long time and they'd be good. Um, or the other option is that you can just come pick them up in store. You're like, I know I want six meals every Monday. And you pop in Monday at 10 a.m., you grab your six meals, and you have lunch or dinner for the next six days where you just throw out the microwave for 90 seconds. Yeah, and it's pretty cool that you came up with the – because for those that don't know, I used to weigh like 280 pounds like back in the day, and then I lost a bunch of weight. So I know all about like meal prepping. It takes (laughs) Mm -hmm. a long time, Mm -hmm. especially if you're really busy like yourself. Um, It takes a lot – I know some people will sit down in one day and like do a whole bunch of meals, but that's hard sometimes. Um, so I'm going to definitely have to stop by to, to, to yeah, get some of these sure. meals. Um, what, like, who, who are you guys uh, targeting certain people? Because I, I know at first I didn't really see your guys' name, but then out of nowhere, I know it has a lot to do with the marketing, I started seeing your guys' like, name a lot more. Are you guys going like to... So honestly, right now, the ways the meals are set up, mm-hmm. we like we designed it to work for like the most amount of people. Mm-hmm. And so even if you're like meal prepping yourself, this is like even like a four pack would be great for you. So you don't have to meal prep literally every single meal of the week, right? Yeah. Like for, for the extreme meal prep fitness person, they can sign up for the meals and just have a light break to where you're not like literally trying to make like 30 meals a week yeah. on Sunday to be good like throughout the entire week. It just makes it a little easier. Mm-hmm. Then you have people that are just busy and want a quick lunch that's healthy or even just quick. Maybe they don't care if it's healthy. It's just quick and tastes good. You mm-hmm. know, I don't have time. Like even I don't want to like go to the drive through. You know, there's times where we're like, 
I don't want to leave the office right now. You know, like I don't have time. I got shit to do. Yeah. So then there's those people. Um, there's people that just overall want to eat healthier because our, you know, we have no like fried foods. There's no French fries or anything like that. Everything is natural or organic. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's never been frozen. Um, and then after that, like, honestly, like moms, like busy moms, because they're like, you know, they're running around all day long. We have so many people on Monday, Tuesday that come in and just grab five meals and they're like, thank you so much. You know, like, in between all of the chaos, I can just throw one of these things in the microwave for 90 seconds. It's actually really good. Mm-hmm. It's about the same. If you were to try and go out and eat all, for all of your meals, you definitely save money with prepped. Yeah. If you're like half and half, you're probably about the same. Even if you cook at home a lot, if you're spending less money, their food is probably not as good as what we're cooking because mm-hmm. we put a lot of extra like flavor into everything. Like I said, not my role as much, but Bree, uh, Bree, my business partner, and Chris, my business partner, they love food. Yeah. And they're like... If you ask them about it, you ask me about a dish, I'm like, that is dank. I'm like, you know, I'm like, that tastes so good. I'm like, I don't know what it is about the whatever. Like, that's good. You know, yeah. you ask my business partner, Chris, and he's like, the nodes of cranberry. <laughs> oh, they and go deep. Yeah, like he just goes goes deep into it, you know, because they just love it. And so yeah. you really, you know, you can meal prep for pretty cheap, but normally that's just like veggies, rice, chicken. Mm-hmm. This is all, all the food is like has multiple ingredients inside of it and it tastes really good. Well, that's really good. one of the main things I was going to bring up is I've got friends that, they're into fitness, they're, they meal prep, mm-hmm. and I worked with one, and he would meal prep for the whole week. He would go grill a bunch of chicken. So by Friday, that chicken's dry as hell. Yeah, you know? and it's just and the same meal over and over and yeah. over Exactly. Again. It's the same exact meal with, you know, salt and pepper yeah. rather than, you know, I don't know, your business partner's probably adding rosemary. Oh, know? yeah, there's <laughs> ros- got to be rosemary <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, no, that, that sounds like a... Well, really it sounds idea. like they're adding like a, a lot of taste to it because a lot of people think that when you have to eat healthy, it has to be bland, it has mm-hmm. to be boring, it has to be like broccoli and rice and chicken. Mm-hmm. But it, it, th- that's why I, before Prepped came, I was looking also into like a subscription service, but it was like from out of town. Mm-hmm. They would have to ship it to you, overnight it to you, mm-hmm. just because. And they also offered like different tastes, different things. And, th- and that's what I want because after doing meal, meal prepping for so long, it really does get boring and it, you tend to fall off just because you're like i'm tired of chicken and rice yeah. it, it gets boring so uh, based off the pictures that i've seen i haven't personally tasted it yet but don't worry i'm going to taste it just because uh it's convenient for me because i'm always busy like i'm always here i'm always there i'm always some, there's some days that i go without eating just because yeah. or i forget that i haven't eaten and just like you said you get busy and you're like pop it in real quick sometimes i'm like okay i'm gonna go get somebody to eat three four hours pass by and i'm like still haven't gone to go eat. Yeah. And people are like, you, you're crazy. And it really does have a toll on your body. Like if you're not eating the right amount of calories, the right amount of food, like if you're not eating, you should, you know. I don't know. I always end up just like, you don't eat lunch, you end up to where you're just so hungry, you finally just like whip into Taco Bell, <laughs> you know, and like just go ham, like end up spending $18 at Taco Bell, you know, and like yeah. And that's like that's the worst thing for you, you know. Even though it tastes good, and like I'm not the biggest health nut, like yeah. I certainly put things into my body that aren't good for me, you know. But I mean, we like, all do. at the end of the day, like you try and like win the battles that you can, mm-hmm. you know. Like it would be nice. Like sometimes you just have to go to Wendy's, you know. Like whatever. I came to Wendy's before I came here. To be honest <laughs> with you, like I was leaving the office and I had like 15 minutes to get here, and yeah. so I'm like spicy nuggets and a bacon cheeseburger, you know. So you know, nobody's gonna be perfect, but the key is to, like truly like to be prepared, kind of yeah. like where the prep name came from. I tell people all the time, like, even if you don't want to be a member, like, swing it on Monday and grab, like, three meals. They're good for a week. Mm-hmm. Put them in your fridge. 
And there's like no way that you're, there's not three times throughout the week that you're like, oh shit, like I'm so glad I have this thing that I can just throw into the microwave. Yeah. And it's 30 bucks, one trip, you know, two trips of fast food and you've spent $30 and this food's like, it's way better for you. Mm-hmm. So I like it. Like I really believe in preps and I'm like your, I'm not your fitness junkie, you know, I try and go to the gym as often as I can. I try and eat healthy, but I'm certainly like, you know, not, not, not a junkie about things, but I like, I can really see the benefit. So I had a question. What are not necessarily for your businesses? Like, what are so? What are your top goals? Like for yourself in the next five to ten years? Like for Dallin? Um, so I want to. I have a. So first off, I want social hustle. The, the businesses are kind of like a means to everything else. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like if you want to achieve these personal goals, like getting the business and income from the business, is kind of like always seems to be like a you know a. a, a tunnel to be able to achieve your personal goals right like if you're like like immediately i think of like i want to help my family like i want to help my family back you know like my parents did not have a lot of money when i was growing up but we didn't struggle as kids Mm -hmm. you know and i would love to be able to like you know i've been able a few times throughout my life to give my mom some like a really expensive purse once that i can like remember you know that was so proud to be able to give it to her and so i want to be able to give back to my family a little bit Mm -hmm. you know in some type of way that is more meaningful than just like a christmas gift you know be able to you know, give my little brother, like maybe, I don't know if it's like gold or something like here's an investment that I'm helping you start, right. Or starting an investment with a family member or something like that. And then also, um, friends, like I have some friends that are like family, right. Like we all do, we all should, you know, there's definitely people in your life that you think are family. And then like, you know, you find out later, they're more (laughs) of just a friend. Right. But, um, you know, to be able to provide some of my friends jobs, you know, and totally in space, like, like you got to earn it. Like one of my best friends, John, he works for social hustle. Yeah. And we used to talk to each, like we would want to go do stuff. And like one of us couldn't because of work or like yeah. because of bills or we didn't have the money or whatever. And we we're always like, dude, like that's, we're not going to live like this. You know, like we're not going to allow our job to dictate our ability to go to, I'll give you a specific example. There's this thing called the firefall in Yosemite mm-hmm. happens like two days a year for like 48 hours. Maybe is the, the only time it could potentially happen. And it's when the sun is setting at this perfect spot. It shines through this waterfall in Yosemite, and it looks like lava, like pouring down a hill. Oh, shit. It's seriously like... Didn't that just happen? So it happens in like October every year, I think. Okay. Yeah, so like not too long ago. I just saw a video of it. I've, there's like six years that we tried to like go see this, and like only like two of the six years that we actually did actually happen because mm-hmm. it's got to be sunny enough. There had to be enough snowfall throughout the winter for, like, act, for that waterfall to actually be flowing. Oh. So like all of these things have to line up, you know? And there's one time, like, we wanted to go see the firefall, and, like, John couldn't. It's um, like, dude, I got work tomorrow. Like, I can't go tonight, you know? And we are like, this fucking sucks, dude, you know? Like, our job should not, you know, like, yeah, we need a job. You need to pay your bills. But John's like, I know that I don't have to go into the office to get my shit done tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know? And so I want to be able to set people up like that in my life, you know, whoever it is that wants to be, you know, part of it, to be able to, like, have those life experiences while also be able to make a living and, you know, have a job and feel like they're, con- you know, contributing to things. Yeah. I really, like became you feel a much greater sense of fulfillment like with prepped we, we have more employees with prep than we do with social hustle just because of the nature of the business yeah you know? there's like 12 people that work at prepped okay. and like literally every day chris and i are like dude like you know like we just hired another person like can you can you <laughs> believe this dude like you know like i'm 29 he's 27 yeah. like, like there's all these people that we're able to like give jobs to you know chris he didn't even he didn't the business didn't do this chris didn't like post about it on social media or whatever there's this one of our, I won't say her name, but she was a, a new employee at Prepped. Her family only had one car. There was like nine of them in the family, and, and they had one car to share. She'd be 
two hours early to work sometimes because that's just what time the car was available to yeah. drop her off there. Or sometimes you'd be like, hey, I can't be at prep for two hours late. And Chris was like, dude, I see like a lot in this person. Like I feel like prep could help them and their family. She wants to be like a chef, this individual, you mm-hmm. know, and like right now she's just like a line cook in, at prep. And Chris bought her a car, bought her this like oh, $3,200 Honda, you know, and it's not like a no Lamborghini or anything, right? But it was yeah. like, but bought her this car and then she's able to come to work. And I'm like, damn, like, I had stepped back, like it made me kind of step back for a second. I'm like, damn, how sick is it that like you mm. were able to do that? You know, that we're able to do this. And so it's amazing. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like when he brought it up to me, I was like, at first I thought he was talking about how the company buy it, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, it's like it's a shitload of money to invest into an employee, <laughs> you know? Like I hadn't even met her at this point. I'm like, are you, yeah. are you sure? You know, <laughs> like, yeah. is there a better way around this? Can we just give her, can we get her like some Uber credits? You know? <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, so dude, like, he, he's man. like, I, I want to do it for her. You know, yeah. he's like, I, you know, he's like, it won't be anything with the business. Don't worry. He's like, I'd appreciate it if like, you know, you didn't tell, like, don't tell anybody else to prep. Like, I don't want people to know, like, we're buying, buying employees' cars out here, you yeah. know? But, um, and so he got it for her. And I'm like, damn, you know, and you could just see it in his eyes of just like, this is so much cooler than, you know, the, the truck that I was able to buy last year with this money, you know? And it's cool because it, that when you talked about that reminded me when you got your job first, like at the big software company where you weren't supposed to be there, but mm-hmm. they believed in you. So almost like they're believing who knows who this girl like later on, she may open a business with yeah. you, like mm-hmm. may, maybe like do something. Oh, with yeah, you guys. I'm like, glad you brought like point that out. Like, yeah, because yeah, like it comes full circle. It, it really does. So like him helping you you guys helping her you know later on she's gonna help you guys in a different type of way bring you somebody that's gonna lead you down another business path because Mm -hmm. that's what i try to tell a lot of people that you originally start doing something like you did a long time ago and it leads you in different directions that you didn't think that you were gonna go but eventually it feels like it was the path that you were set to be on Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like maybe in middle school you didn't you never thought you were gonna do marketing full-time like you're gonna have a social hustle prepped or anything like that and then all of a sudden like a few like years later you got social hustle doing amazing prepped doing amazing and who knows what's because you're only 29 you know what i mean like you still have your whole life ahead of you like we all do that's why i keep preaching to especially like him you know just go out there and do it that there's nothing um the only person holding you you back is yourself. Yeah. You know, if you don't take those risks, if you don't take find something you're passionate about. So that which is actually leads me to my next question. What advice would you give people to like David? Like in high school, ready to hustle. Mm-hmm. Like it they So tell me a- I gotta learn a little bit more about David first. So tell me what is it like uh other than just entrepreneurship and like you know, sometimes it's like the money that people are like, people are like, oh, like you know, this to. money, and yeah. it's like I'm gonna have a private jet if I put <laughs> entrepreneur in my bio. Um, so, what is like? Tell me a little bit about yourself, and then I'll see if I can like kind of navigate the information I give you. For me, it started. I just couldn't. I didn't like clocking in for a job, or you know, and I started off selling shoes. Mm-hmm. So with that, I kind of got into Instagram. I was constantly selling shoes on there. I was actually for a while, and it was the middleman. I was helping people find deals and make sure transactions go smoothly. So, so is it like the adrenaline of the deal that you liked, or what was it about that? I just I like communicating with people and expanding, so networking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could say. It I, led. I was gonna say it. He he did that, and then like kind of like we talk about, it led him to a different path with which which what is he's on right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now with. The shoe idea now expand into wanting to invest and in real estate. So, uh, with this summer, I'm going to actually be doing some door-to-door sales. So, 
that's going to be good for okay. me. Good opportunity. And you learn as you grow. So, so my advice would be what I feel like mm-hmm. there's, there's been like a few times in my life where I was like faced with this like ultimate decision. I had to make this like super hard, you know, yep. whether it was to quit that job in Idaho and do full time on the side or leave Idaho and move to California or quit being when I was in California and work for myself, stop that and go work for a software company. Mm-hmm. And then once I had the software company and in my mom's word, words, you have such an amazing plush job. Why would you ever want to leave this job? You know, yeah. there'll be times in your life where opportunities present themselves. And I will say opportunities are more rare than skills. They're more rare than hard work. They're more rare than anything, right? Opportunities are like that golden nugget that like literally no matter how hard you work, sometimes you can't get those opportunities. Like there's stories of people that worked their ass off their entire lives. Nobody likes to tell these stories, yeah. but did everything right, tried as hard as they possibly could, and they still failed at the end because they weren't presented the right opportunities, right? Nobody likes to talk about yeah. that, but it's cold, hard facts. It's like you could do everything right and still like happens all the nothing time. go right for you. <laughs> but I think so when those rare opportunities, when something in your gut is like, damn, okay, like I don't know where I'm going. I kind of have this like gray, blurry image of kind of what I think I want to end up. And this opportunity whether no matter like what it seems like to other people whether it seems like you're walk going backwards or sideways or forwards or in a completely different direction like if you feel like it's kind of taking you to that gray blurry image and that image gets like a little closer as you like take this other opportunity like all of those major risky decisions that like my mom's my biggest supporter so i had to take shot at her but like all of the decisions where she was like nah you probably shouldn't do this you probably should be patient you probably should wait you know because she wants what's best for you oh, and yeah. usually what's best for you is what's most safe you know but in all those situations, I was like, no, mom, fuck it. You know, like, yeah. I got to do it. I got to, like, what's the worst that could happen, you know? Like, and maybe, I, and I've been lucky. There's been people who've made those decisions and, mm-hmm. you know, they, like, lose everything, right? And, and that's like, what I'm seeing right now with my parents uh, and the whole shoe thing. They weren't really comfortable with me selling shoes online at first. And now they kind of see how it was and what it's leading into. This is what I'll tell you about, like, this like, the unpopular opinion of parents is they want... They, I think most parents truly do want what they think is best for you, but I think they're, they're unknowingly blinded by what they really want for you. So, like, if you were to ask them in their heart of hearts and you hook them up to a lie detector test, you'd be like, is this really what you want from them? They'd be like, yes, and they'd pass. But really, it's because they're slightly skewed from what they have always saw for you, mm-hmm. whether that's something they wanted to become or they just hope that you would become. I truly think that, like, they're, all our parents are most likely great people, and you know, hopefully, yeah, they're also yeah. around and supporting us and everything. But it's not their fault. It's just natural human, it's just you know, natural human interaction of like, you just kind of are skewed by your opinions of what you want for somebody. And so, sometimes you just gotta ignore mom and dad, and be like, you know what, like it'll it'll come back to me. And hopefully, you're right because you never want to like double down on that bet and be wrong about it and have to come ask mom and dad to like put you back up for a few months. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad you said that because uh, I remember I told him back when I first started doing like my whole thing, like the whole media stuff, my parents, they're traditional Hispanics, you know, they came from Mexico. They're like, we're here, you have, by this age, you're supposed to have a house, be married, have kids and like things like that. I don't have, I'm not married, I don't have no kids, I'm 32 and I'm, you know, I'm not planning on having, having kids anytime soon. But, uh, they saw what I was doing, and they're like, what are you doing? Like, you're, you have a good job over there, like, where I used to work. They're like, you're doing well over there, but, like, I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't happy doing that. Like, I knew it wasn't for me. And then I took the risk. I bought a camera. All of a sudden, it led to now I have a whole-ass company. Like, mm-hmm. And the podcast came out with an idea, 
And, you know, it turned into something big that I never thought it was going to. Well, that's the goal when you first start something is to have it turn big. But then when it all of a sudden it starts to blossom into something that you originally dreamed of, mm-hmm. you're like, holy shit, it's actually happening. It's actually like, happening. Yeah. So th- that's why I told them, like, my parents, they would say the same thing about, like, the media company. Then I showed them a check. Now all they do is brag. They're like, Edgar and, and in their defense, their their stance comes from like, it's a numbers game. Yeah, you know, they're like the number of kids I've seen that didn't go to college that are successful now mm-hmm. is much lower than the number of kids that I've seen that did go to college and yeah. successful. And so you can't really blame them, and especially coming from like an immigrant family where they're like, no, you don't know how bad it could be. Like you're unhappy right now. Yeah. Like no, you don't know. You know <laughs> how really bad it could be, right? Because they come from like most likely a, a much even more extreme place. Oh yeah, right? they, and so they're like, be happy with where yeah. you're at. And you're like, just because it could be worse doesn't mean that, like, I should settle on this thing, you mm-hmm. know? But you can't blame it. Like, that's why I hate that kind of that opinion I have about most parents because I think truly, like, it comes from such a good place. It comes from, like, we really care about you. And, like, it's if, you know, we don't gamble with our children, you know, it's like we're always going to take the safe bet. The safe bet is oh, yeah. college and, and marriage and things. But at the same time, I do think they probably still see, you know, like, if you have that work ethic and you actually like create something that's big your parents still probably at the back of their mind are kind of like ah but i think he could probably do this you know like <laughs> he could probably still get it like even yeah. though we're gonna tell him to go to college and chill out like they're probably like she's like yeah like yeah. go get him <laughs> well, one of the things i've i've liked that has kind of been common between both of you edgar and dallin is neither of you had mentioned like rich being rich or becoming mm-hmm. billionaires like both like you were saying your main thing for social hustle was you wanted you and your friends to go do fun stuff that you like to do without being tied with the, tied up with the job. Mm-hmm. And you, when the, you know, we've asked you in the past about your podcast and your media. You you always bring up like, I love the podcast because you know I like to reach out to people and help them. Like you, you weren't like, oh, I hope it blows up and I become, you know, a millionaire. Yeah. And and I think that's important. Like entrepreneurship, yeah, the it's about money and it's about being successful but i think it shouldn't be the most important thing and you know i might face some backlash saying that because a lot of people it's like yeah money can buy happiness and like yeah money's awesome but i think it's important to have something other than money motivate you mm-hmm. like yeah. helping family and helping other people yeah it's uh-huh. like what you intend to do with the money i think more than like could be because i'll be honest like for me it's a, it is about the money but is it because i like want to you know it's is do I want to drive a Lamborghini? Yeah. Like, how do I? Like, how do I say how I really feel about this? Do yeah. I? Am I about the money? Fuck yeah. Like, do I want the money? Do I want the nice watches? Yeah. But like, that, all that stuff is gonna come after I'm able to take care of the people in my life, the freedom that it allows me. You know, like, I hope that I never have to like miss my child's dance recital or you know have a ne- my niece Tinsley. And there's been a few times like even in the past week where like my family's like, hey, we're having dinner. You want to come out? Tinsley's here. You know, and I'm like, yeah. I can't. Like, I've been working at the office at, like 10 p.m. and like. That's sometimes when I step back and I'm like, yo, I'm doing this to, to have more freedom. And so yeah. as soon as you find yourself like hating it because you're not able to spend time with the people that you love and doing stuff, then maybe it's time to realign a little bit. But I think as long as you're what you intend to do with the, you know, the benefit of the job or being, you know, starting your own business is really the difference maker because it sucks. But money does does cure a lot of things. There's a lot of problems where you know, if people just had the money to be able to handle the situation, it would, but because they have the skewed version of like, I don't feel like money should matter, that it ends up hurting their actual cause, you know? Yeah, and, and I'm glad uh, he brought that up because I'm sure you can relate to, and I get told all the time by Troy, which I mentioned earlier, and he's one of those persons that you mentioned 
earlier that you're glad you have around because he mentors me all the time. He you know kicks game to me all the time, and I listen. Uh, he told me one thing that sits with me all the time is like the the moment you start chasing the money is like is the moment the money runs. Mm-hmm. So what you need to focus on is like your hustle, like whatever you're passionate about, be passionate about it and make it like perfect it, make it great. Then the money will come. And mm-hmm. like your your witness to this, you know, social hustle came you trying to build this company and now you know you were focusing good quality. Even though you didn't know what you were doing, you were like, let's figure out how to make great content great stuff like marketing plans mm-hmm. for for our, our clients and stuff like that and then all of a sudden you see the money start coming in yeah so i i think that's that's big in any entrepreneur like focus on your whatever you're trying to do and perfect it make that perfect because the money the money will come if you deliver great content the money comes mm-hmm. so that's that's one thing that i would say to him don't chase yeah chase the money but don't be all about the money like don't be like I want the Lamborghini, but be like, I'm going to create this content or do this, whatever this is, in order to, to be able to get that. Because, of course, we all want those nice cars. Like you said, we want the nice cars. We want the nice clothes oh, and, yeah. and whatnot. So uh, and just based on the way you were talking, if it feels like you put in a lot of work to build Social Hustle. And now you're, you know, essentially reaping the benefits of it. Cause now, and also prepped. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, props to you. And hopefully he gets to... I'm glad that that's what I wanted to bring up too is the golden nuggets you were talking about because he was presented with a great opportunity, especially since he wants to get to, into real estate. He's now going to be working with one of these guys who is he's he's going to be on the podcast later on. Chandler, I don't know if you know Chandler. Um, oh, the, so uh, he's uh, he's got the supercars in town, right? Yeah, exactly. So exactly. I, six months ago, I didn't know who he was, and like I kid you not, props to you, Chandler. Like once a week, I hear this dude's name. Yeah. I'm like this Chandler dude, this Chandler dude. We needed a we needed a uh, a hanger to do some to shoot some shoots mm-hmm. and like I was like oh this Chandler guy he's got like supercars you should you should talk to him my little brother is home showing me this video of this Chandler dude on YouTube I'm like I want to meet this guy because like I seriously like I cannot get away from him yeah yeah so he's actually going to be on the podcast later on too as well but he's actually has the opportunity to work with his company and work alongside with them so you, just like he said he wants to get into real estate mm-hmm. so I told him I was like you have that special nugget as you said. Like he needs to take advantage of that. Like learn yeah, anything. Dive into it. Exactly. Like, I think a lot of people are like, especially. Um, so people want to skip steps. People want to skip steps. People are like, uh, like I know that I have the capability of being this, you know, premier luxury real estate salesperson. Mm-hmm. And like, if somebody asked me to come work at the real estate job, but all I'm doing is stuffing mailers in people's mailbox, like I'm not going to. What you're do- what you're doing is you're trying to just rub elbows with people that are in that space. And if you're, you've got your head down, you got your feet forward, you're working hard, you know, you're like always, you're showing up to work with like the, the, the best like attitude you can. I know that sounds cliche, but like if you're every day showing up and you're in the, the realm that you want to work in potentially, eventually somebody's going to see you, mm-hmm. right? Like I think it's not, again, like the opportunities are what's rare. Take whatever job you can. It doesn't matter literally if it's like putting signs up for these real estate agents. If you think you want to be in real estate, do whatever you can to be there. Be the best sign putter upper that there is. You know what I'm saying? And eventually, like old Jack from Luxury Real Estate's gonna be driving by and he's gonna be like, "Man, you've been putting these signs in better than anybody else been putting these signs in." Like, what? You know, what's your name? What are you trying to do? Mm-hmm. And it literally will happen that way. There's like I was t- saying earlier. There's like two or three individuals that were like, "Man, I don't even know if you remember, but you know, we worked together at some point, and like you just did so well, like." Yeah what can I can I do something for you you know here's these opportunities for you mm-hmm. because they saw it. and so it's not about getting the best job it's just about 
getting around as many people as you possibly can, networking. And the key is to like, you got to be on top of your shit. Cause mm-hmm. like, if you put yourself into a situation where you're going to be networking, you go to some big business ball and you don't show up 100%, you just lost everything you've been working for. You know, there's been times where I was like hungover at a time <laughs> when I, it was an important place. And I like, Never hate myself as much as when I'm like, look at you, like you sad piece, of, you know, like, <laughs> like not talking to people because you're just like, don't feel good. Yeah. You know, you're at some conference and you're like, man, I shouldn't have drank last night. And you're just like, there could be somebody right here that's that magical person mm-hmm. that like sees something and they give you some opportunity that leads to you doing something that you've loved forever. Exactly. You just got to be ready for it. Just yeah. stay dangerous. That's what we say. Yeah. So do you have any questions for him? Um, did you ever think that? passion could lead to where you are right now or an idea that would lead to where you are right now um like yes and no like you like kind of back to that like gray blurry thing you know like you always kind of know where you want to go but you don't really know how you're going to get there so yeah sometimes it's really weird to like sit in idle falls and be like we have two we have two offices on hit road now between social hustle and prepped you know (laughs) i'm like i can't believe i have like you know i still feel like a kid i still feel like i'm trying to figure shit out you know i still feel like you know, like I'm um, everyone else. I, you know, if you run across like a, you know, the front desk lady at a chiropractor, like I feel like she's a professional adult. But me, you know, like uh, like renting an office space right across, I'm like, we're just having a party over here, you know, like. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I always knew this would happen. I just didn't know how it would happen. I knew I would make it happen. I guess, you know, and it hasn't been easy. And I'm certainly not there. I don't, yeah. don't want to talk about like talk as if I'm in a place where like I've made it, you know, because. Mm-hmm. Looking from like a cash perspective, I've had like less money than I've ever had because now I'm just putting everything I have into the businesses that I have, you know. And so if you were to like try and go like have a shopping spree somewhere, like I'm not like the ultimate baller anymore because I'm so like, you know, I've invested everything that I have. But um, I did kind of always like I knew that it was just going to be in this direction, but definitely not the way that it has all happened for sure. So where you said you have you have the engine, social hustle, and you've you've already done prepped and, you know, hopefully it's doing well. What other ideas do you have that are, you know, you want to be the engine for? That could so, be like another business that eventually should be self-sustaining. And So I have one other thing that and, I, yeah, I can't say on yeah, air. you won't say. Okay. <laughs> can't say it on True air. True entrepreneur. I'll tell you guys a little bit, like, off, off I don't know who's going to listen to this because it really is, like, a pretty good idea. I'm, like, millions of dollars away from being able to have the funding to make it happen, but it's something I really think that could work well. But from here, really – this year is about scaling for me for social hustle. Mm-hmm. We've been at a pretty slow, comfortable place, you know, every like four to six months throwing another person in, just kind of like, you know, going as, as we can. We're pretty much solely built off word of mouth and referrals. And like you can only excuse me, you can only grow so fast that way. And so this year it's about scaling, about growth for social hustle and really just like staying the course, you know, like I feel like once you there's, some, there's something to be said for not always looking for that next opportunity. Yeah. Doing one and thing staying and doing focused, it well. You know, and like, because especially when you get into business and you start like, you know, you start networking people, like there's, there, there seems to be where there's a lot of people that want to talk to you about like potential things to do and like good opportunities. And there's always these business ideas and stuff. And sometimes it's just staying with what you know and like staying the course and working hard and trusting the process. And that's where I'm at right now. It's like just staying in fourth gear. All I'm going to say is I'm, blown away by by your story like and i'm motivated that's why i love doing stuff like this just because anyone who sits in the chair in here like i learn something from them and of course i always take something from them you know and and i'm blown away by your story exactly like 
just your, your your train of thought, like the way you hustle, the way you like, no matter what, I don't know how to do it. I'm going to learn how to do it. I'm gonna, And I'm going to get it done. And I'm going to do it the best way I can. And if it wasn't for that, you know, social hustle wouldn't be where it's at or prep wouldn't be where it's at. So, you know, props to you for being able to do that. Not, yeah, thank you. Not a lot of people out here have that drive. You know what I mean? Like so, some people ask me, like, what motivates you to get up and like just go like and work when uh, people call it work? When, like, they prefer to sit down, like, and watch TV on the weekends. But, like, people like yourself and, like, myself, I'm just, like, always, like, I need to get things done. I need it's to not work. It's, like it's my life. Yeah, like, it, it, it's, it's what just, I love to do. It's just, like, a mindset. Like, in my head, I'm, like, okay, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. Never, I'm, like, oh, I'm just going to take today off and watch TV. Like, of course, you have those days. But 98% of the time, I'm, like, let's go. Let's yeah. go. Like, well, what can we do to grow? And I love that you're preaching the hard work. You're preaching People are wanting to skip steps. The people that are making it aren't skipping those steps. You know, if you get that opportunity that it might suck and you might be underqualified, but you got to grind it out mm-hmm. because you never know what can blossom from that mm-hmm. opportunity. Yeah, for sure. That's us. I just have run across too many people that are like, this is a shit job. Like, let me wait until I find something else. And I'm like, no, man. Like, even if you're stocking shelves somewhere, no matter what you're doing, like, you never know when somebody's going to ask for, like, where's the pasta, you know, and you put a good impression on them and they start chatting with you, you know, because I I do feel like there's people that you get to a certain age where you start, and maybe you're like this already, like I know you're mentoring David a little bit, like you get to this point where you start looking to help people. Oh, yeah. You're like, man, nobody helped me. I feel like I got at least something to give back to people. Like who else can I help for? We just hired, his name's Justice. He's a our delivery driver at Prepped, and he's also now starting help to do sales at Prepped, like mm-hmm. get new memberships. And like first day I started talking to him about it. I'm like, man, like this kid reminds me of myself. Yeah. You know, like he was just our delivery driver. And I'm like, hey, Justice, you got any interest in like do some sales? Like I'll throw you a commission on all the members you can bring. He's like, hell yeah, man, I'm trying to get rich, you know? <laughs> and like, so now like every Wednesday, like we have a meeting tomorrow. He'll come over to the social social office. We like do sales. And like, I just, I was like, man, I want to help, like help this yeah. kid. And I am like, have nowhere near the amount of pull of like people who have helped me in my life. But I think if you're looking for those opportunities, it's you're going to find people because there's plenty of people who are looking to help someone who give people a leg up who didn't have it easy. And we're like, never had a little brother and they're looking to help somebody out, you know, yeah. whatever it may be. Um, if you're just, if you have the right mindset, like those opportunities will just, well, they will find you. You just got to have, you just got to be, you just got to be 10 out of 10 at all, at all times. Oh yeah. I'll, and I'm pumped to like, Keep grinding. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but like after talking with you, dude, like I'm, I'm like, let's keep grinding, bro. Like, seriously, there's so much opportunity oh, yeah. out there. So much money. But yeah, as soon as you drop your stuff, uh, I follow you. Of course, now I'm definitely gonna cop some. Not just because like I like helping. Like if I can do something to help out, I'll buy some. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like as long as you know, like Nike and Supreme, I wear that all the time. You know what I mean? So, of course, I'm going to buy some. You like it? It's good. It's oh, yeah. dope stuff. Like, oh, yeah. if you like Nike Supreme and, like, it's high-quality stuff, put, like, nice little, like, touch on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be, it'll be sweet stuff. You designing it? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, like, um, I mean, I say designing it. Like, I have, like, a lot of the vision. Christian, who's our head of creative design, he's really good. He's, like, very artistic and, like, follows Fear God and, like, Jerry Lorenzo and Kith oh, yeah. and, like, all of these and, like, Virgil and, like, Off-White. And so eventually we we i think we're either going to start another company that's actually like a clothing company that's like actually like we'll take blanks and like cut them and like have like specific fits and things like that for now we're just doing it almost the way like supreme came up where you know they just started like collabing with like you know north face didn't even know about it but they collab (laughs) with north face's stuff you know and so like we're doing the same thing we're trying to make it look cool i do feel like we have a lot of people that and a lot of them are just like my friends but like we met people that are like damn like 
I like what Social Hustle is about. I like what you guys are about. You know, they're clients that really have like liked what we've done for them. Yeah. So I think we have kind of started to build a very small like audience and brand and following that, you know, we can put out this clothing. We, we sewed or we're sewing these hem tags on all of them have like this kind of like motivational statement. It's like the Social Hustle Cree. Mm-hmm. And so it is a little on the it's edge still- of like goal oriented and staying motivated and things like that. So we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. Well, I'm they, excited too. So. Even if they don't sell them and have some fresh clothes <laughs> yeah, to wear. So. so go ahead and tell them where they can find everything again. Yeah, sweet. So, okay. So our website is mysocialhustle.com. Um, there's nothing on it right now with any of the clothes. All the new site will launch and all the clothes will drop on Sunday at mm-hmm. 11 Mountain. Um, and then Instagram, Social Hustle. My Instagram's hella casual. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about it. Go check them out. Uh, personally, I want to thank you for coming on just because... I know you had a great story, and I'm glad you were able to, you know, share some knowledge to mm-hmm, David here sure. because he's uh, up and coming. And I hope he continues to grind, you know, and do whatever you, like the real estate that you want to do, and take, uh, you know, his advice, even if it's a little bit here and there. Uh, just like I do myself, like anytime I sit down and talk with somebody, I take something from them and I apply it to myself, you know, any, any sort of way. Again, I want to thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate it, and yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Awesome. Thank you. All right. See you guys.